0: I'm now joined by a guest in the studio. Paul Heber from UNICEF Luxembourg is here with me. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks very much for coming in today. Thank you for having me Um, to talk to us. uh, For any of the listeners, um, maybe that aren't familiar with uh, the work that UNICEF Luxembourg does, could you just give us a a kind of overview of your work?
1: Yeah, sure. No worries. Um, I mean, UNICEF has been around for a long time, more than 75 years, and um, actually we're uh, we're present in in most of the countries in the world, and uh, we we focus on, on helping children. Um, So we're actually quite busy at the moment, Uh, you know, obviously uh, worldwide, but specifically at the moment, most of our focus is on Ukraine. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, where we try to uh, sort of do as best as we can in order to help as many children. Within the Ukraine, we're present with 140 staff, as well as, uh, you know, the children who flee the country. Mm -hmm. So uh, are
0: you working with receiving refugees here in Luxembourg?
1: We don't do that specifically, but we do help them to get here. Um, as safely as possible, and we're mostly present within the Ukraine. So um, we've been there for a long time in the east, and now we've moved our activities uh, more towards the west. You know, as um, you know, as as is needed, mm-hmm. and it's uh, it's uh, it's it's rough work, but it's important work at the time. You know, because there's 7.5 million children in the Ukraine. Uh, a lot of them have actually uh, uh, tr- run away, mm-hmm. but um, those who remain, you know, still need our help. So there's a lot of work.
0: Okay. Um, And the context, actually, in which um, you've come on the show today is uh, um, in light of a study that you made recently here in Luxembourg uh, called the COVID Kids Study, uh, which uh, looks at the effect that the pandemic has had on children's lives. Uh, Could you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, sure. I mean, the pandemic has been with us for a while, right? I think we're all more or less, um, I think in our minds, we're done with it, Mm -hmm. um, although the numbers are rising. Um, But it has dictated our lives for the last uh, two years at least. And uh, it has had an unprecedented impact on children's lives. I mean, that's something we all sort of feel. But we wanted to know more than, you know, just feeling it. We wanted to know if that was actually the case or not. Uh, So what we've done, um, that was a while ago, that was in 2020, we interviewed kids. And it was the first study of this kind that actually talked to children. Because, you know, often uh, as adults, we speak for children, the voice of children. Mm. We don't necessarily let them talk. So for us, it was important to to hear them and... um, that's what we did in two thousand and twenty, and it wasn't great. you know kids were scared um they they were stuck at home it was shortly after the lockdown when when the study took place, and we wanted to know what the uh what what how they feel right now two years later you mm-hmm. know because you know that was just a snapshot in two thousand and twenty did it did it get worse did it did it improve? And, um, you know, the findings that we have is that the key finding is, is it really hasn't improved that much. I mean, it has. I mean, obviously, as you can imagine, not every child is the same, mm-hmm. uh, but for children in general, um, it had quite a negative impact on their life satisfaction as a, in, as, as a whole, uh, which, which they said has, has definitely decreased in, uh, compared to, to, to from before the pandemic. So there's a, a third of children aged 60, 11, and uh, um, more, a little bit more than 40% of, the, um, of children aged 12 to They've, they've definitely said that their life satisfaction has, has dropped significantly. And um, so overall, there's been, it's been rather tough. But, you know, as you, as you know, in, in, in most, with most things in life, you know, there's always two sides to a medal. Mm. So what children did enjoy is that the parents spend more time at home. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, a lot of them said that was nice. But then again, you know, being stuck at home, they they felt sort of um, that it was really difficult to deal with, um, with their homework. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas most of them said it's much easier when they're in school, you know, to study and to do their homework or, you know, in general, you know, just to get an education and to be stuck at home and do it all yourself. Um, so all these things, obviously... Um, do have an impact on, on the mental health of yeah. children, and, and it, this is this is our biggest issue. You know, I mean, how can we get out of this? What can we do to improve it? You know, since obviously the pandemic is not really over, even though we've we both have our masks off at the mm. moment, it's it's not. Over as such, yeah. and so the, the real challenge is what can we do, mm-hmm. uh, and that was actually one of the things that we wanted to 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 want to make recommendations because it's easy you know just to criticize and to say everything's bad and you know this has to be done this has to be done and improved, but in this case we really wanted to to you know to to show ways out of this, um,
0: so we also gave recommendations. Obviously, mm. was this was this a study that? Um, was just made in Luxembourg, or was it, was it interna- an international study?
1: No, it was definitely just a study in Luxembourg. I mean, it, okay. it does have its limitations mm-hmm. because what we wanted to do is we wanted to interview as many kids as we could, obviously, because you, you know how it works. You know, you have a sample of kids, and then have, there's always people complaining that it's not every kid, right? Yeah. I mean, which is still impossible. But we wanted to interview a lot more kids, which isn't easy okay, in yeah. the pandemic.
0: How many? How many children did you interview? We
1: interviewed a little more than six hundred children, okay, which is not bad. Uh, I've been told by the uh, experts from, from, uh, from the University of Luxembourg who actually done the study. It wasn't UNICEF as such. So we just worked with the University of Luxembourg okay. and they've done the study. So I think that's an important point to mention. Uh, it was it was financed by the Oeuvre de la Grande so, so there were a few actors that came together in order to do this. And the um, so the th- a bit more than six hundred kids is not bad, but obviously it's not the thousands that we have. Um, when there's a pandemic, it's really not easy to do this because mm. you, you'll do this online. If you do it online, you'll sort of exclude a certain group of kids who, don't, who may not have access to a computer. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a possibility to do it with pen and paper, but then again, you know that's, that's not, you know it's a different challenge. But the, the real problem is we didn't have access to most of the children through the school system in Luxembourg because the um, uh, the um, Ministry of Education uh, didn't didn't want us to do it, mm. so we had to go through private schools. You know, um, so it, it's a different. It's not necessarily the biggest group of kids in Luxembourg, so so that's one of the limitations. But it still gives you an, a really nice idea of what's going on. Mm. You know, because you know children are children, and they're not really not that different. I mean, we we know that from our work anywhere in the world, really.
0: Yeah. What was the what was the age um, kind of spread of the children in the study?
1: It was from six to sixteen. Okay, so that's that's a really nice uh, age group, I would think. We, we actually separated them two groups: six till eleven and twelve till sixteen. Yeah, uh, so sort of what we call primary school and secondary school, yeah. and that sort of thing. And um, yeah, but the um, uh, there w- there was some difference between boys and girls, difference between age groups, but in general they were sort of aligned, uh, and um, so it's it's been a rather interesting. Uh, Thing to do, and we've been told that it was actually the first study uh, to where kids were actually listened to, uh, mm-hmm. and um, and we uh, and they could voice their own opinions. Because one of the things that adults tend to say is that when a child says "I feel" or "I think" or "I believe," there's like, yeah, it's just a child. So what? What does he or she know? Mm. And uh, they know very well what they know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they uh, they have the emotional intelligence and and much more than that to to actually voice their opinions quite well. And I think, uh, as UNICEF, it's really important. And uh, to, specifically to us, it's very important to listen to ki- to kids, not mm. to just to you know to pretend that with their voice,
0: but really to listen. And that's what this study, I think, what made this study so interesting. Yeah. And what what were the questions that were being put to the children? Was it the same for every child, a kind of survey list of questions? Yes, yes, yeah.
1: absolutely the same questions. Obviously, otherwise, it's impossible to compare. We tried to get as close to the first study, you know, but it, that wasn't always possible because you wouldn't necessarily interview the same kid. So you wouldn't have, you would you couldn't really compare those two, two right. sets. Um, but, you know, those are always, you know, that's, that's how it goes, right? Mm. I mean, sometimes... Um, Uh, sometimes it's easier than others Uh, but in general um, it was just you know easy to understand question how do you feel Mm -hmm. Uh, how did you feel when you had to stay at home were you scared a lot of children you know actually were actually quite scared in terms of I don't want to to uh, give the pass on the disease to to any of my family members you know especially at first you may remember in 2020 we all thought it was more we all were under the impression that the elder people were a lot more uh at risk than, than younger kids. So that was definitely something that they thought about quite a bit, they gave it quite a bit of thought. And um the um one of the, the outcomes is that um that we, we, we don't just have to support the kids, you know, mentally, but we also have to support the families. Mm-hmm. We have to support family structures, you know, yeah. because obviously children, you know, for them it's their world. It's 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 what it's all about. Um, so it's not just because um, we put a lot of pressure on school. schools. Schools have to do so much nowadays, right? Mm-hmm. You're like, um, they're the solution for everything, right? They don't just teach your kids, but they have to educate your kids. So mm. there's a lot of pressure on them. But in this case, it's also quite important to to, to sort of strengthen families, um, to give them the tools that they need in order to, to be there for their kids as well as they... Um, they should be doing epidemic
0: yeah. so um kind of as a result of the study you came up with a list of recommendations um what what did they include
1: yeah for us it's it's quite important to to understand that
0: a school is more than
1: four walls um it offers so much more than just an education so it's really important to keep schools open whenever possible um, and to have risk mitigation measures in place. Um, I mean, the school is a place where kids socialize. They they learn. They have meals. They get emotional and medical support. I mean, it's all sort of things nowadays. So so that's really really important. Um, then obviously it's really important to support the uh, educational actors. You know, because as I said, there's a lot of pressure on them to 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 be more or less the solution to everything. Mm. Um, so we have to 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 help them. Um, we have to. In a, in return, they have to make sure that the homework, for instance, children receive is something we've noticed during the study is adequate to the situation that they're in, because a lot of children felt completely overwhelmed at home to deal with their homework. So it really has to be that a lot of children had a lot of homework while they were at home and, and felt they didn't have enough time to deal with, with you know, the pandemic on an emotional level. So mm. all these things need to be appropriate. Um, then we have to encourage, and I think this is really important, encourage um, access to clubs, sports facilities, all the extracurricular activities that children may want to do. It's really quite important because, you know, obviously you have to make sure that social distancing measures when plays and all that stuff. But uh, it's really important to counterbalance um, all the the activities that they may do alone at home, you know, when they just sit there and, you know, don't really know what to do with themselves. Um, and then, as I said, you know, families really need our support. Um, if families don't have the support that they that they need in order to deal with the whole pandemic on an emotional level. I mean, how can they teach their kids? Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's that's really important. Um and then in the uh, uh, last one would be just, you know, have us as a society invest in structures um that enable meaningful consultation with children. So, you know, all the you know, um, you know it's difficult to pinpoint what that should exactly be, but it's I think it's quite important to to have a place where kids' as ideas, concerns, fears, hopes or any solutions that they may have um, should be heard. Mm-hmm. So that, and, and that isn't necessarily just, uh, you know, in, at a school level. So um, there's there's quite a few things that we could do and should do. And I'm I'm sure some of it is already being uh, thought about.
0: Implemented, yeah. Are you going to take these um, findings to, uh, to the government, to the Ministry of Education or to policymakers in, in general? Are they going to be presented somewhere so that... Maybe they can be... We usually do. They, yeah.
1: they, 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 they should be aware that we've been doing this, uh, this, uh, this survey and this study. Um, so it's something that we, we are in contact with uh, uh, local actors, obviously, because it's important, as I said, not just to talk about it, but to make sure that, you know, that all the work you know, actually um, has, has an impact. Mm. So that's certainly something we, we do already do and something we'll try to um, do even more in the, in the, in the near future.
0: Yeah, okay. um, I'm sure there's people listening that would probably be very interested in kind of reading deeper into this study. They c- can they find out more on the Unif- UNICEF Luxembourg website. Yeah,
1: they can find it on the UNICEF Luxembourg webpage, but they can find it on the University of Luxembourg webpage. Um, so, f- um, so it's, uh, it's, it's no worries. I mean, it's a whole it's a whole report. There's a. There's a shorter text next to it, and you know, for those who don't want to get into the details, because it's actually rather complex. Mm. Um, But yes, can definitely be found on our webpage.
0: Okay, brilliant. Thank you very much for your time coming in today to tell us about that. Um, People can find out more info at the University of Luxembourg website or UNICEF. Uh, Yeah, thanks very much, and see you next time. Thank you very much.